0: everyone, welcome to The Culture of Truth. This is a podcast that reviews the truth of God's word and discusses it, the influence it has on our lives and worldview. My name is Jeff Amstutz and today I have with me my good friends, Rob Greer, What's up, y'all? and Will Hawkins. Hello, hello. We study scripture to understand what it says, grow our understanding of God through it, and ultimately change the way we live our lives in obedience. In this episode, we jump back into the book of 1 Peter, specifically at the beginning of chapter 3. But before we get to that, let's check in. How have you guys experienced God's truth this week? Will, why don't you get us started?
1: It was a little bit of a tough week uh, between counseling sessions, uh, Bible study on Wednesday, walking through a book called Marriage with my wife and our and our Bible study group, and then Thursday, just a, another thing I do with a group of guys. But that's walking through a bunch of stuff too. So a lot of a lot of heavy things, personal stuff, nutrition appointment or like meeting and talking through stuff with like that treatment plans. So I think it's a lot of good things that I'm trying to prioritize this year, but there's, there's times where it just feels heavy and I was just encouraged by multiple people this week. Um, as i was be able, I was able to be vulnerable in it. And so really, I guess community that God provides these people in my life to be able to encourage me and keep me going on the path to, to try to be more healthy and uh, try to be more like him. So he's really just blessed me with a wife who loves me and is patient with me and then a really good group of community to be able to walk walk with me through this. So that's mine. Yeah, man. That's sweet. will I'd say for
2: me, pretty similar to you, just you know, realizing the The importance of communication in marriage, it's critical that you and your spouse are just on the same page with things. And, you know, I've discussed, you know, or said in previous podcast episodes where I I'm in a process even early on in my marriage where I'm figuring out like being independent is no longer something you can be doing. It's just fellas, it doesn't work. Trust me. And so what I'm trying to say is I feel like the Lord has continually revealed to me that it's important to communicate to my wife and to be honest with her. And it's been such a gift to have her speak in those areas where I feel like I'm I'm weak because I don't want to say this, but I know when I do say it, I'm actually showing a strength of like, hey, I love you and I trust you with this. And this is why the Lord wants us to share these things together because we can forgive one another. We can show grace to each other. We can speak the truth to each other that points us back to Jesus. And so I'm just continually learning that and just taking it day by day and trying to have fun with it too. You know, I love how you said this the other day, Jeff marriage isn't hard. Our sin is what makes it hard. Mm. (laughs) And I think for me, it's just like realizing there's a lot of things I need to let go of, but the Lord's being gracious to me in that with my wife, just being the way she is and being able to be patient with me and those things are off.
0: Those things are worth letting go.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's not like it's an unfair trade, right? It's not like, Oh my gosh, I got to let this go. It's like, no, I get to have something better.
1: Yeah. What you, what you said encouraged me because you're saying not that you, you're trying to still have fun or you're trying to have fun with it and make it, not make it so serious all the time mm-hmm. I think from what I'm hearing and that's something that I don't do a great job at I'm always focused on it's like all in on trying to make things better and work 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 it is work all this stuff and that I miss out on the fun so thanks for sharing that appreciate yeah. it and uh on my end
0: this cool thing is is all this stuff that I do with community is with my wife and you know it's, it's great that We're all talking about our wives uh, today because that's what today's passage is going to focus on a lot, uh, our marriage relationships. But this week had several instances of of community, specifically uh, this past Tuesday night, we had uh, a bunch of small group leaders from South Campus come here. And we had basically a, a family time of the leaders of South Campus at the Austin Stone and uh, it was just an incredible time to meet some people, to encourage each other, uh, to open the word together. It, was, it just filled my heart up so much with seeing how God's working in small group leaders at at the Austin Stone South Campus in South Austin. And uh, Amy was there with me every step of the way. We met we met some folks together. Uh, she had some good feedback and, and ideas and thoughts. And I was just really rejoicing God this week for community that way. That's awesome. With that, Rob, can you give us a quick recap of 1 Peter chapters 1 and 2? Absolutely. So in the first chapter of Peter,
2: what he's describing to us here is that salvation belongs to God. And when he mentions salvation, he's talking about how God is the one who causes us to be Christians. He's the one that causes us to be born again, right? When we read that in, in verses, uh, I believe, 3 through 4 of, of chapter 1. And once we become followers of Christ through Jesus' life and his death and resurrection, chapter 2 begins to talk about what it means for us to live out that salvation, right? So living a holy and and, and pure life, not for the purpose of earning God's love, but because we we already have it. And for people that he's writing to who have been dispersed throughout all of the Eastern Hemisphere during this period of time, What he's communicating while they are currently suffering is here's how you should act because this is how your Lord and Savior Jesus acted when he was treated this way, when he was suffering for our sin. And so what we see is as this theme is being developed throughout first Peter, this is our call is how we are to live in light of our suffering. And as we get into today, even in our marriages,
0: how do we live this out as husband and wives? Yeah, that's so good. So today's section is going to be 1 Peter 3, verses 1 through 7. Will, could you
1: read that for us? Of course. Verses 1 through 7. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives, when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Verse 3. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. Verse 5, for this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children, If you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening, likewise, husbands live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered.
0: Hmm. Now that's such a good word. So we're going to divide this up into two sections, verses one through six, talking about wives, and then verse seven, talking about us husbands. So let's get started with that first word. Likewise. It says, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands. What's the likewise connecting this to? So likewise, it's, it's connecting us to
2: what has been said already in chapter 2. I kind of hinted towards this in the summary, but with chapter 2 is beginning to talk about as followers of Christ, right? Salvation belongs to God. And as we live out our salvation, we should look more and more like Christ. Well, as we look more and more like Christ, that also represents how we submit to our own authorities in our lives right and so when you talk about submitting to our own government or submitting to our our masters you know your 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 landlord or your your work boss or manager right those relationships are what's being described here and as we begin to talk about our wives and husbands or wives and husbands that's what we see here it's connecting the same type of application in terms of who we're submitting to. Mm, yeah, that's good. Mm, nice.
0: So th- the next thing is, it says, be subject to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. So what's the what's the purpose in this submission? Like, what do we see the reason why wives should submit to their husbands? What does it
1: do? Yeah, when I see the word subject, and I think a lot of people, especially now, would see this word and think that it's negative, it's a negative word. So for me, I have to look at this and know that there is a positive purpose for it. So I like the question, like, what is the purpose for it? Yeah. Um. And I think just in any relationship that we're subordinate, it's a opportunity to remember Christ himself. Mm. So that's, that's immediately where I go with this. And so how this applies to this specifically when it's saying so that even if some do not obey the word, it's, that they may be one with the con by a word of the by conduct of their wives, it's speaking to unbelieving husbands. Yeah. So That's right. Yeah. So when they see your respectful and pure conduct, it it, it can influence them and change and change their heart, hopefully.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> it's incredible the amount of of opportunity that we have in the midst of sin, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of things in life that don't go our way. It's actually when you have the greatest opportunity to display Christ in you, because if you only obey when it's convenient, when it's what you already wanted to do, when it feels good, well, then you're just being like the world. The world does what it feels good. Mm -hmm. The world does what it wants to do anyway. So it's calling out, I think from when I read this, it's calling out a very specific, Hey, if you have a husband who does not submit to Christ, the way you treat your marriage is going to be one of the biggest ways that you can show him Christ because it's right in front of him. It's not a going and you know, trying to convince him with, with words or Mm -hmm. like whatever. It's literally the way you conduct your commitment to him in marriage is going to impact his ability to see Christ where he's at. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And the only thing I would add to this is, it's not that your words themselves won't make an impact oh, yeah, they to your husband. Do. They definitely do. But what I believe Peter's getting at here when he's talking to wives is that if you go back to chapter two, the way that you live your life is going to make a greater impact in terms of evangelizing what it means to know and follow Jesus than just how you say things, because you can say things eloquently all day, every day if you don't live a life that is
0: reflecting who God is, that person will never know who God is. Right. And and that principle is not something that is only for a wife in a marriage. Yes. You know, it, it the specific exhortation here of Peter t- speaking to wives in their marriage relationships is not one only for that. He's just choosing to apply it here. And so it, it's, it's not like, well, okay, guys are off the hook. If you're married, it doesn't matter for you. No, he's saying that wives, if you find yourself with a husband who doesn't believe, consider the opportunity you have to be the strongest way he'll see Christ. Yeah. And that's a good thing. But mm-hmm. it, we, we just, we just read about, uh, well, uh, right before we hit record, you were talking about connecting it to like servants being submissive to their masters. It's the same principle. It's not a new thought it's just a new context that that thought's applied to like when a servant is being unjustly treated by his uh his master then he has an opportunity to say but i'm i'm going to suffer well because i know christ and want to show it to you in this context it doesn't mean the suffering's good It doesn't mean the master's like doing the right thing by being unjust yeah. right yeah but The text goes on. It says, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. So what, uh, why do you think Peter would say something like this? What's he telling uh, wives to do?
2: What you wear and how you look should not be what people see as genuine faith. And the reason why I say genuine faith is because I can have all the gold jewelry, I can have all the accolades, whatever we want to throw out there, the biggest and nicest clothes. But at the end of the day, what Peter's getting at here in verse four, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart. This is like your identity as a as a first of all, he's talking to wives. So your identity as a daughter in Christ your identity as a, as a wife to your husband, the way you live is going to be a reflection of a gentle and quiet spirit towards your husband, hmm. because that is what's going to communicate to him more loudly than just the things you wear or how you look on a day-to-day basis. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, now and I'll add to that. It's, I mean, I had to look up the word adorning. I don't use that That's word gonna every ask, day. Like, what's the word adorning even mean? I don't use that word every day. Uh, <laughs> make more beautiful and attractive. So I think what it's saying here also is that it's not trying to make yourself look more beautiful or attractive in this outward appearance, but it's the attitude of the heart. And I think that's what Rob's saying too. Submission is the quality of our spirit. It's, it's an attitude of the heart. Hmm. Um, and so this, these are the things that I'm learning as we, as I was prepping for this, but an attitude of submission is that for the greater good, I'm yielding my right to get my way because there's a bigger picture and there's something more important. Hmm. And so we see that with Christ's submission to the father. So that is way more beautiful than anything she can put on herself externally. Hmm. And I think that's what it's trying to say here.
0: Yeah. (laughs) There's something really divisive, um, about the reason a wife would think she wants to get favor from her husband be you love me because of the way i look or as you love me because of who i am
1: hmm.
0: and when hmm. it's when it's the former it can it can disappear and shatter and it's going to decay over time like yep. as we get older but the for, or the latter <laughs> loving your wife because of who she is is something that'll transcend all of that and to me when we talk about marriage being an example of Christ in the church this is this is the most mind-boggling part where Christ loves the church because of who we are, not because of what we do for him. That's
1: good. Yeah.
0: And so if, if, if you're out there and you are listening to this and you're a wife and you want to show, you want to demonstrate with your life, what it looks like to be loved for who you are, make that a big priority.
1: And and I guess I want to speak. I don't know if I'm jumping too far off on something, but I think a lot of a lot of wives. I don't want to obviously speak in, in a position of a woman, but can feel like this text makes them feel less than subordinate, um, not valued, like they don't have a voice. All that, so they can feel like they're in a position of inferiority. Um, and so I I think when I read that, you're talking about like the, being who they are and that's being beautiful. I'm trying to make yeah. that connection right there. Yeah. A lot of people don't feel a lot of women might not feel <laughs> like they are beautiful Yeah. when they're reading this text, that it's not a permission for them to do that. It's taking it away.
0: Well, there's a, there's a couple of things that I think are intermixed in there culturally that are very interesting to to camp on. One is if a husband ever looks at his wife and uses like verse one to basically give the opposite exhortation to verse three, He's like, you need to honor and respect me. So you need to go doll yourself up every day and look a certain way, or I'm not going to, mm. it's like, dude, you are like, you are doing the exact opposite thing of the very next text after this. Yeah. You're you're like, it is, it is the most obvious misuse of text. Mm. um, Because it's just like, you're, you are only choosing verse one and not verse three. And then second, this doesn't say that like, it's inherently bad. To you know put on makeup to want to look good and all that, what it is, though, is if that is where you're getting your value, if you're if you look at your life and you those things got taken away and you're like, I don't have anything left, that's a problem.
1: Hmm.
0: so it's it to me it's an order of priority. it's 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 good to look good. It's not something that's it's at all eternally important compared to the character of who yeah. you
1: are. If it's if it's a mask you put on to try to to try to appear a certain way. Yeah. Then then that's not good.
0: Like like for oh, let me speak to my my own marriage cuz I don't want to project too much. I'll just speak from my personal experience with my wife Amy. Uh she very rarely puts on makeup. I think she's beautiful. Do I enjoy it when like if we're going to go out for dinner, something special and she does put some on? Yeah, great. Like I'll enjoy that but there is nothing at all in my heart that in my love for her is affected by her not doing that on a daily basis. Mm. Like there, there is no like, I think she's holding out on me. No, she's not. It's fine. I love her for who she is. And it's a bonus that she's beautiful and doesn't, doesn't put on makeup all the time. Um, the, the, the whole point being that what characterizes our marriage relationship is not the external And that's that's the heart of this. So we don't want to walk around and start creating artificial legalistic laws of like if you do this at all, you're inherently sinning or something like that. And look at what the text is showing you about God's heart. You know He cares about our character, Mm -hmm. and you know let it be what that is. Robert, you gonna add something?
2: Yeah, there's an article I've been reading that my wife actually shared with me and there's a quick excerpt in it i'll be i'll be quick it's a few words that i just want to mention that was encouraging to me to hear and this is in relation to sub, subject or submission right it says quote one of the best words to describe the spirit of submission is empower to empower means to promote the self-actualization or influence of In essence, a woman empowers her husband when she uses her influence and strength to help him to become a stronger, more confident, and godly person. Instead of threatening his influence, her power actually heightens it, Mm. end quote. When I read that, I'm like, Mm -hmm. I hope, ladies, if you are listening to this, that this is an encouragement to you because when I read this now, when I read passages that are like this, it makes me think more about not is my is my wife doing everything that I tell her to do in in the ways that I want her to it's is she pointing me to Christ by how she is living by how she's adorning herself and if she's not then she's not really empowering me to lead as I should
0: hmm. yeah that that's that's a powerful perspective because there've been even moments where I have not made the best choices in the world yeah and the character of Amy coming out and saying, do you not see your own sin? Do you not see your own lack of faith? You're not putting Christ first in your life. Like that's, that's her, her already adorned character actually helping me, even though it's, it is just like Hebrews 12. It's discipline that doesn't feel good in the moment, Mm. but is absolutely my father in heaven working through my wife to point me back to Christ. And if if you just always look at it from this surface level like lack of conflict and there's just supposed to be nice perfect if it's not about being locked onto Christ, you're just gonna miss this this passage is just gonna whoosh over us, both both as husbands and wives, yeah, please
2: don't forget that word likewise, yeah, it's I've used this word in previous episodes in the series. Likewise is a hinge word, which means it is connected to previous stanzas that we went through, mainly Christ and how we should model him and yeah. follow in his footsteps.
0: Yeah. It, I, I always find it ironic that we talk about, um, now I'm just talking about Christians right now. Like the world following this or not is kind of like whatever. If you don't know Christ, I wouldn't expect you to behave like him because you won't, but it's funny when in the church we talk about we want our marriage relationships to look like Christ in the church. And then when we get into the nitty gritty, we never look to Christ in the church as the guiding example. Hmm. It's It just always comes back to, well, I want my marriage to go the way I want. And then the other person says, I want the marriage to go the way I want. And neither are saying, man, what what does Christ and his own disciples look like in a situation like this? How am I submitting to Christ? Like when when both submit to Christ, this, this stuff uh, makes a lot more sense, I think. Absolutely. Let's get to the last uh, two verses of this section. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their hus- own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children. And if you do good and do not fear anything, that is frightening. why Why is this connection to Sarah and previous women in the Bible referenced?
2: This has been something that has been done since marriage was created by God with Adam and Eve and the reason why he's referring to Adam and Sarah as I read this is because this is a representation of what it looked like for a wife who has adorned herself as 1 Peter verse chapter 3 verse 4 says in a way that has empowered her husband Abraham she submitted to him her own husband calling him Lord like that is the example that we get to see here from Genesis since the beginning and Peter's reminding them like this is the same today you know this isn't something that has gone away and
1: God wants us to
2: follow that example right Got anything to add will
1: I don't think so I think for me it's more of a question on that last but that last bit if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening I'm not I'm reading that and I'm like, I don't know why that's there.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I think that's connected to, we talk about being heirs or being children or being descendants. That's the word I was looking for descendants. When we talk about uh, when, when scripture talks about being a descendant, it talks about inheriting stuff. And so when I think of, uh, like let's say Romans five, uh, that sin came in through one man and, you know, we're all descendants of Adam. So we're all sinners. That, I mean, that reference to, uh, our, our previous generations are that they are going to inform, uh, and connect us to us being who we are today. Mm -hmm. So if you are to be, a uh, we're all, if we're children of Sarah obeying Abraham, basically submitting to this concept of marriage between a wife and a husband, Mm -hmm. that you are in agreement with being her descendant. If. You are leaning into this. If you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening, it's it's basically saying the world is going to challenge this in a huge way. And if you are a child of, if you are the spiritual child of of Sarah and Abraham, you're going to look like they
1: did. Do you think? And I like I like the last bit of what you said. I like all of what you said, but the last bit for sure. Do you think that it's saying anything that is frightening? I guess anything is more general. But do you think that there this topic of being subject to the husbands would be something frightening for women then and now and that's why this is here it's like
0: yeah it, it definitely is it because it, it culturally is something that is always being challenged it's just challenged in different ways mm-hmm. throughout time mm-hmm. so readers here the the concept of uh, of marriage being having different roles that have equal value uh, the, there are different ways that gets challenged. Either the roles back then it was, there was not equal value, but it was a lot easier to understand the different roles. And then today it's the opposite. People are really challenging that the roles are actually different. Um, but maybe it's easier to see equal value. And regardless of how it's challenged, um, there's, there's always a cultural there, there's cultural problems all around us that are trying to break in and tell us uh, and break us away from looking like Christ in the church.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of people will challenge this too, saying this was just a cultural thing with with the role of women in that society yeah. and that, oh, well, we can kind of toss that out now. Why is that not true that we can't we can't just toss that out because it oh, it might. His People will look back and be like, historically, women were in a place of being less than in that that society. You know, men were the authority in that whole realm. So it's, people can put that in there and be like, well, this is just how things were back then. Things are different now. How do we reconcile the two differences? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah.
2: And (laughs) I'm going to give an answer there. You're like, yeah, it's an easy answer, but I'll try to expound on that. I think it all points back to what do we understand in terms of our roles are in marriage. Um, and when, when we think about that, like we're not saying that the woman is incapable of doing what a man can do. I think what we have to remind ourselves of is what does marriage represent? Who created marriage and does marriage itself for each individual person have roles? The answer is yes. Yes. And so I think we, and I'm going to pull up Ephesians five, because I know that this is something you wanted to read. Yeah. So I'm just going to summarize this with what's being said here, but here's verse 22, chapter five, verse 22 of Ephesians it says, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord for the husband is the head of the wife. Even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its savior then i'm gonna skip down to verse 25 verse 25 says husbands love your wives as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he may sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word now when you read those one person is doing the submitting and another one is doing the loving or giving himself up right they both are submitting to christ but each one of them have different roles. And so I think to answer your question, going back to it, Will, how do you reconcile those two? It's like, well, how are you understanding what God's intent for marriage was? Because if you don't understand what God's intent for marriage was, you'll think of whatever you want it to be and create this sense of like, she needs to be lower than me and I need to be higher than her. She needs to have less value than me and I need to have more value than her. And it just becomes this this worldly view of something that was never intended to be worldly in and of itself inherently. And so
0: yeah, I feel like I'm kind of over explaining that. No, but okay, that's just I want kinda... I wanna actually connect that to more things because this is this is actually only a single application of a greater concern. Yeah. Which is is your life right now about worshiping God? Or is it about getting as much out of life you can before you die? Which also could be said as the fear of death. If you think this life is about squeezing as much out of it before you die, that means you actually fear death because that means you think there's nothing after death. So you got to do it all now. And that's a, that's something that speaks into so many areas of our life, not just marriage. And so this is really taking that general concept of if you believe and if you trust in Christ, if you believe that he is the son of God and rose from the grave and you will be worshiping God in heaven forever and ever because of Christ, then this life suddenly becomes much less important. So you shouldn't behave as if once this particular body you're currently in is going to be the end of it for you. So uh, when it comes to marriage relationships, uh, we're going to hopefully read all of that in Ephesians 5 here in a second. We get to verse 7 for husbands. But it's, it's both, both sides of a marriage relationship must consider submission to Christ. Um, first, first, and, (laughs) and that the marriage is not about you.
1: Yeah. See, yeah. And that's, that's something that really has stood out, stood out to me with all this is that because of sin, that is that desire to be in charge and want to be in control. And none of us like the idea of submitting to anybody. Right. Um, so then naturally we don't like the, we don't like the idea of roles just in general. And then we impose that feeling that we have onto the word. Like we always talk about in the podcast that we can't do that. Right. And so I think it goes even deeper to foundationally. What, what have we talked about since the very first podcast Mm -hmm. is talking about the authority of scripture. Right. And why we believe it to be true because it came from God. God is the ultimate source of authority. So we start seeing cracks in the foundation. If we then start imposing our own thoughts or feelings towards something because we don't like it, yeah, everything starts crumbling. Yeah, because what we're ultimately saying is that God, I don't really trust that what you have is good for me. Yeah, I don't believe that when I'm reading wives sub- be subject to your husband that it's a good thing for me.
0: Yeah, well, it, and it goes even farther. Where the impulse that I'd say a lot of resistance within the church, again, not talking about the world, but just within the church, why maybe there's a struggle with um, the topic of wives submitting to husbands, it's because husbands have been really terrible at submitting to Christ. And so why would you want to submit to someone who isn't submitting to Christ? Like there's a, I don't want to call it a good, good impulse, but a just impulse of, man, that's, that's really tough pill to swallow that this dude that I'm married to isn't submitting to Christ. And you're telling me I got to submit to him or remember the purpose in that submission. It's that's, that's what's going to point him to submit to Christ. Um, or one of the ways it's not the only, but remember it's all about pointing each other to Christ. Uh, and this is just one particular aspect of that, but we haven't talked about husbands very much. Let's get to verse seven. <laughs> Will, could you read verse seven for us?
1: Yeah, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered.
0: Hmm. Yeah, there, there's a ton we could talk about this. Wow. It, yeah, what, likewise, what's that connecting to? Even though we <laughs> might say, think it's obvious, let's just briefly say out loud, what's the likewise connecting to?
1: well obviously talking about everything that came before that um and so it's submission
0: of husbands to the concerns of their wives Mm. so the, the, the the idea of mutual submission we we view submission is like whoever is doing the submitting is therefore like it's unidirectional like a wife submits to her husband so her husband's just off the hook and he does whatever should be submitting to christ but it's just her submitting towards no 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 there's there's bidirectional submission mm. now the role of headship of the family is different but to live with your wives in an understanding way showing them honor i mean these are this is a bidirectional thing your 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 primary concern with earthly relationships starts with your wife if it does not red flag should be thrown up right
2: yeah <laughs> I laugh guys cuz every time I read this live with your wives in an understanding way showing honor to the woman as a weaker vessel usually when this comes up you know I I I typically get the answer of like well I can be just as strong as you or you know I can look just like you and I can do just exactly what you do and although those things may be true that is not what this is talking about mm. It is not talking about your capability of lifting weights or, you know, being able to look like a man does. Although those things can happen, that's not the case here. And so living with your wives in an understanding way, every time I read this, what I get from this is my wife needs from me in a way to lead emotionally, right? When my wife is dealing with something where she needs my attention, she needs me to be able to... Communicate to her in a way where I partake in how she's feeling and I don't just diminish the way she feels or diminish um, her emotions in that particular moment. I think that that brings such a a life to the relationship, uh, to the marriage relationship because I'm loving my wife in an understanding way and I'm showing honor to her by validating how she feels if it is right, but I'm also encouraging her by knowing that she's not alone in that. And yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think about living with your wives in an understanding way?
0: I, I, I really want to read Ephesians five twenty five through, 25 through 33, really, the whole section. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, just let scripture echo things that you were saying, that really you're just echoing scripture. It says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she may be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife also loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying it that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. There's just There's just so many small phrases in there of... It's it, you as a husband have the utmost responsibility to consider your wife as importantly as you consider yourself. Um, and I'd even go farther if we're talking about Christ in the church. Philippians two uh, just straight up says that you consider other people as more important than yourself. So it's not, it's not even just like, all right, we got to keep. There's some like scoreboard that we have to keep. Even it's not not even that. Like there's just. No concept of score. Consider your wife as far more important than yourself. Showing her honor, um, being understanding to her concerns and needs, and things like that. So uh, when I when I read a statement like this, it's like if if we consider the the, the verses one through six we just read, it's like oh, well, women have this big calling on them. I look at the calling on husbands as even bigger and harder, and needs the Holy Spirit to empower it even more. Because uh, it's it's easy, like culturally, to get carried away with. Oh, hey, guys can just muscle their way into getting their way. Like that, that's a general problem throughout the centuries. Dudes abusing their their power, and uh, this this is straight up like yeah, you should consider your wife as someone you're willing to die for every day. Serve her, be concerned with her.
1: Yeah, and uh, Rob, I think you kind of mentioned this from that article. I'm not sure if it's the same person, but someone that I've been reading is kind of with my wife, um, this, this woman called Julie Slattery, and she's an author. She speaks about a lot of this, a uh, psychologist, I believe, as well, but um, Christian. She defines submission as it's, it's not the absence of power. It's the proper and wise use of power. Yeah, And so you're, I think that applies for the man and the, and the woman, the husband and the wife, the, the order of creation, right. Is, I mean, as far as the authority and the headship is God, Jesus, man, woman. And so it's even interesting that you'd be like, well, Jesus, Jesus is God. How is that true? And it's fundamentally they're the same, but functionally there's, they're distinct, they have different roles. Right. So it's in the same way, if we're a reflection of, of that trinity within man and women that we're fundamentally the same, but we're functionally, there is roles, there is a distinction. And that, that concept, that idea is helpful for me to think about. Yeah. And that is good.
2: Like, it is good. I think it's, man, it's just so encouraging to hear you say it like that, because when, when we think about it, when we think about marriage and, 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 husbands and wives in that way, it's like, it was designed that way. And when we act In the way that God designed for it to be like we get to experience him in a way that we wouldn't be able to if we were trying to live our married lives in a way that's contrary to what we're reading today and so it's such a blessing to your wife when you live in an understanding way towards her because you understand your role and you understand hers. But you don't diminish who she is Mm -hmm. by, you know, um, telling her to do or say something in a way that you want it to be said without it necessarily glorifying God. It is you are living in a way where your wife is being blessed by your leadership because you are submitting to Christ and because you are living in a way that is honoring her
0: and uplifting her as she uplifts you to lead the family. Yeah. It, let's, let's not forget the statement submit to Christ means to deny yourself. It's to yes. deny your flesh. Mm-hmm. Your desires are going to be put aside and changed into new desires about loving Christ and obedience to him. So when we say submit to Christ, let's never blow by that as like, Oh yeah, I'm a husband. I guess I should submit to Christ, but I really get to do whatever I want in my marriage. It's like, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's a way higher calling. Uh, it's, it's almost like your marriage would be a refuge from the, the, the trials that can come and submitting to Christ and being obedient that it's hard, but it's, it's worth it. There's more joy there. And, uh, that that's where you can see God give you power of the Holy spirit to show him work in your life.
1: Yeah. And I want to even add that the the woman, the first priority and the number one person that she submits to is, is God.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely.
1: So that that's that's what's interesting too. So if a, if a man is leading her to do something that is against God's word, she should say something about oh, it. Oh,
0: totally totally. Even in that passage just up there uh in in 1 through or really verses 1 and 2, it was the the purpose behind that submission is because of submission to God. You're not doing it just cuz you should. You're doing it because that is a way for you to worship God. And then likewise husbands, you being understanding and Uh, caring for your wife as more important than yourself is the way
1: that you're worshiping God. Can I read one thing before we start wrapping up from, uh, it was Julie Sodery as well. Yeah, go for it. Uh, She said, marriage is a revelation of Christ in the church. She said it's important because he wrote it because God wrote it this way in his word, but the church yields herself to the bridegroom Christ in trusting, loving and joyful submission. This is the model for a Christian wife as she yields her heart, mind and will to do God's word declaring it to be good and right. She reflects the body of Christ's submission to Jesus. In this way, wives have the privilege of not only declaring the gospel, but also demonstrating it through submission to their husbands. Yeah.
0: It's a beautiful thing. If you operate your marriage like this, God will absolutely show you so much about yourself, about what marriage is actually all about and where joy is found in that in ways that it's, you can't understand, you can't understand it first. And then that will convince you, you should, it's rather you should trust in faith to submit to each other in marriage. And then God will show him that in your faith and carrying it out. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. And if you're listening to this and you're just on the edge of your seat reading (laughs) first Peter three, one through seven, um, if, if you, if you trust it and you obey in faith, he is eager to reveal himself to you. and and give you joy that you literally cannot experience outside of that amen so that's all we have today thanks for those who listened to this episode and we hope you were encouraged and equipped in truth please share this with a friend or a loved one so that others can be reminded of god's truth today as always thanks for listening to the culture of truth podcast
1: until next time thanks everyone see you